Hello, wonderful people. Welcome to Bad Thought Therapy. I'm Sheree Hardy. I hope that you are well. I am super excited about this special video. Yesterday, I did an audio version of an episode that dealt with criticism. I want to talk about criticism. And for this video production, I've added a subtitle, How to Move from Cult Leader to Righteous Cultivator. Um, I can tell you, sometimes we have to do a deep dive within ourselves and really decide whether or not we want to be a cult leader or righteous cultivator. And I'll tell you why I came up with that, because whether people know it or not, sometimes they are demonstrating behavior that is very similar to cult leaders and they may not be aware of that and so we want to move from that and move to becoming a cultivator and a cultivator is is a whole lot different and it's a whole lot better and so let's jump right into it if you have not already please do subscribe to this channel as you can see this is a budding channel i've been a podcaster now for what two years and everything has been audio and I'm trying to expand my audience and I hope that you will help me. I am both teacher and student, so I'm learning and I'm growing. And for those of you who already know me, I have been a professional educator for over 30 years. And so now this platform just allows me to be a teacher at large. So please subscribe. Don't forget, you can connect with me on social media. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram with the handle Bad Thought Therapy. On Twitter, which is now X, um, I am under Lose Bad Thought. So just please connect with me. You'll see I don't have a lot of connections, but that is growing, and I know it's going to change for the good. Well, let's ju jump right into this topic on criticism. And last but not least, don't forget that you can contact me at badthoughttherapy at gmail.com. Here is one of my favorite quotes, and you know, as a teacher, I used to, I still do give my students a quote every day, and this is one that I just absolutely love, and I've given probably the last 25 years, but it says, raise your words, not voice. It is rain that grows flowers, not thunder by Rumi. And um, sometimes when we are communicating our ideas, I get it. We're very passionate. We get emotional. Um, we want to be heard. Sometimes we want to be seen. And we can get in the habit of trying to, um, you know, scream, shout, and it can get ugly. And so when you remain calm, I think that when we remain calm, we're much better communicators. We've all been there. And I can tell you this. Let me just back up for a second because I didn't mention that, but I got to do it now. I have been on both sides of criticism. I have been criticized and I have criticized others. And now that I am much more mature and older, I realize that criticism is not the most effective way for invoking positive change. And that's why I'm doing this episode because in the media right now and social media and just, you know, on these different platforms where pe there are a lot of different people sharing their voices, Unfortunately, what I see, and it's so disheartening, is I see a lot of criticism. I see and hear people, you know, going back and criticizing others. And while they're playing this tennis match of criticism, no problem is being solved. 
the issues are not being addressed. And so if you're, if you're new to thought therapy, I can tell you this, I am a certified life coach, but I also consider myself a spiritual coach. So this podcast um, tackles uh, issues with a spiritual foundation. And what I know is that is a part of our spiritual enemy to get people to be fighting one, to one another and dealing with people and not what is inside of the people so that you can solve these issues. And so that's why I want to just put that quote out there. And there are a few more, there's a scripture and there are a few more things out there, but I want you to get this one because when we're communicating, we need to remain calm. We need to always keep respect. People are not going to agree with us. And I got to get into, that's the part of this presentation You know, a cult leader wants everyone to believe what they believe. They cannot handle if someone decides to dissent, decides to defect. It it just drives them nuts. And what they do is they attack the character of anybody who is trying to dissent. Everybody is different. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason. We are the sum total of our experiences and what we know. Sometimes when people are disagreeing with us, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. What it means is that that is what they believe for that moment in time. And if we really we really are connected, it is really an opportunity for us to minister to people when they might not agree or they may not see things um, the same way we do. And it allows us to minister to them. It also allows us to really assess and take inventory of what we are saying because we as speakers and life coaches and teachers and you know all these different people who play this role or, or participate in this process we're not always right sometimes we get it wrong I, i've been an educator for over 30 years and i can tell you there have been some moments when i got it wrong and if you never ever acknowledge that you're wrong yourself you can't grow when I hear a person, if I listen to a person, the same person talk, let's say I hear them do like five messages. Well, usually I require a little bit more, but let's say they do 10 messages and they never ever acknowledge themselves as being imperfect or making a mistake or not getting it right. I always, you know, I start to feel a certain kind of way because if you're going to criticize other people or talk about other people, You have to be willing to talk about yourself in a way like the same grace you give yourself or you gave yourself. You have to be willing to give that grace for other people as well. So just want to start off with that quote. We're going to keep going. And thank you so much for listening and learning with me. All right. From now on, when I do a video presentation, I'm going to start off with a reflection question. And this question is, is criticism an effective way to create constructive change? Does criticism really work? And I am going to say no. I I, I can tell you again, I've been on both sides of the fence with criticism. I have been criticized. I have criticized other people. And I can tell you that being reflective and sort of thinking about, is this working? I feel that criticism is a totally ineffective way for change. And all day, every day, you got people 
criticizing others. And guess what's happening? Nothing. Nothing to move forward or advance the solution to the problem. Um, Nothing is happening. You don't see constructive change. And the reason why people criticize is because it's easy to do. It's so easy to just talk. It's so easy to tell people what's wrong. It's very hard to be an example. It's very hard to teach people how to understand the issue. And it's even harder sometimes for people to focus on the thing that they need to focus on first, which is the issue and not really the people. And when you when you really start to tackle issues and learn how to dismantle issues and help people understand that, that's when you see true change. So I just want you to think about this. And I want to give the exigence. Y'all know I'm an AP teacher, so I got to do it this way. The exigence for this particular episode was I was doing a post on Instagram. Every week I try to do like a little inspirational post on all my social media pages. And I follow a young man that I, I guess you would call him a social activist, but, and he does a lot of things, but the main thing that he focuses on is culture, rap music, young people. I think he raps himself, but he considers himself like a positive rapper. So he doesn't use profanity. His lyrics are not laced with a lot of these toxic messages. And so what he had done, and I don't know all the details. I got to be honest. I don't follow that that much. But what I could gather was he did a post where he criticized and he talked about people who produce content that is laced with all this negative stuff. So he basically called out names. He said, you know, apparently he called out particular names and there are these people who created these, um, these rap songs. And, um, then he told people, Hey, go tell them this is what I did. So when I tuned in, when I saw him, he was, showing how they responded. So one rapper responded basically by saying something like, uh, first of all, he mocked the guy because the guy that I'm talking about has a strong accent um, based on where he's from. So one rapper responded to this young man by mocking his voice, his, his accent, and by pointing out that he as a rapper has given you know toys and other things to children in the community And he goes back and says, well, what have you done? You haven't done anything. You're just out here talking about me as a rapper with these toxic lyrics. But hey, you haven't done anything for the community. That was kind of his response. That's what I could gather. Again, I didn't go scuba diving on this one, but that's what I saw from that particular post. Then there was another rapper. Now, this one really broke my heart. And y'all know I am a very, I can be very emotional and touchy sometimes. And this one broke my heart. One rapper responded to this young man by basically threatening his life. He suggested indirectly that if this guy keeps talking about him and criticizing his music, the the stuff that his content, and this is the content, and according to the rapper, he says, you know, this is how I make my money. And he goes on to say that, you know, someone could hear this young man criticizing his music or him and then might get hurt, you know, and that really was, that was heartbreaking because the rapper who was saying this was a fully grown man. This was not a young person who was in his twenties or thirties. This was a full grown man 
basically saying, if you keep talking about me, somebody that I know may um, feel offended and hurt you. And that bothered me so much for so many reasons. But first is that it could happen just because every single day people get killed for nothing. And black young men get killed senselessly. And we have um, we have lost our way. Our young people, I work with young people, and many of them are lost. Not all of them, thank goodness, but many of them are lost. And so I felt bad because the idea that this young man was threatened in that way, and he's not the first one. There was another situation where um, I remember when Kobe Bryant died, and I remember when um, Gail, and I don't know Gail's last name, that's not right, but Gail had done an interview with somebody and she brought up something about um, Kobe Bryant and um, she kind of honed in on his alleged rape or a rape accusation. And some people got really upset with her by doing that. Now, as a journalist myself, kind of like a journalist myself, I understand you have to ask tough questions. She did sort of go in a little hard on that part. However, should she have been threatened because she asked a question or she said something that somebody didn't like? But people actually came out, was calling her names, was basically threatening her life over something she said. So, And these are grown people. This is not um, a situation where young people I can sort of make allowances for because they may not know, they may not have matured, they may not have taken the time to really think about these things in their other ways but these are grown people. So that was the response. So, but when I thought about this situation, going back to the guy who was criticizing the rappers, I thought, I wish I could say to him, there's another way to deal with this issue. If you feel that rap content or content in, um, I guess, contemporary music or whatever you want to call it is toxic, which some of it is, I think there's another way of responding to that concern rather than criticism. And this, I think the reason why this touched me is because as an educator, I've dealt with this issue. I have had students who had the aptitude, the intellectual aptitude to be neurosurgeons, to be pilots, to be so many wonderful things. But do you know if you ask them, hey, what would you like to be later in life? What would you like to be, you know, 10, 15 years from now? They would tell you, that they would want to be in the entertainment business and many of them wanted to be rappers and they wanted to be famous. And so I, as an educator, want to understand it. I was trying to figure out, okay, what's going on here? Why do so many of my young, powerful males want to take this path when only so, you know, only a few people can really make it on that level. So I was trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? And I did a real deep scuba dive into this. And I want to talk about it throughout this video and what I learned. And I learned that there was a way for me to empower my young people rather than talk about these rappers. There are other things I can do to help young people, especially understand this issue. Um, criticism and talking about the people that produce this content or publish this content has not changed anything. And since the beginning, the inception of that genre or subgenre of content, nothing has changed. In fact, if anything, more of it has been created and there's a reason for that. And I think rather than criticizing, 
the people, if you crit, if you understand and teach the policies and the politics behind it, you have a better chance of helping some people. You may not have a lot of people, but you can't help some people. So let's get into that. And I want you to think about that question at the end. Is criticism an effective way to create constructive change? Just want you to think about that throughout. Let's keep moving. I know some people may not agree, um, but I think that when you are humble and you're not out here talking about people and you are just talking about the issues, are you focused on the issues? Sometimes there is a time to talk about people, but sometimes what you should do first and foremost is talk about the issues. A lot of people will interpret that as being passive or being weak when really what you are is humble. And I don't want anyone to confuse humility as weakness. Sometimes, you know, people will say, well, I got to stand up and I got to fight and I got to talk about this person. I got to talk about that person. And actually you don't. Um, This is a spiritual podcast. And so I have to always insert God. There's no way I cannot talk about our creator, the one who made the sun and the stars and the planets that we know of and those that we don't. There's no way I cannot bring that power into this conversation and what a lot of times we do is we're in our flesh and people are talking about people in their flesh they have not really sought out God and said God how should I deal with this even if people in the past dealt with it one way or you find some biblical story and you bring in the biblical story of how this person in the Bible dealt with it that doesn't mean that we're supposed to deal with it that way. And so we really need to always understand to be humble, meaning that humility is when you submit yourself to the Most High God and you let God dictate what you do and what you don't do. You let God make that decision and then you act on it. What I see a lot of times when I'm in social media or I'm on YouTube and I'm, you know, I'm looking to try to grow myself. So I'm always listening to different people and learning different things. What I see is a lot of people who are arrogant and that they demonstrate the wrong kind of pride. And so they're not humble and they, you know, they might be talking about God or they may mention God and all that, but they're not because they spend, even though they are highly blessed, there are some people, there's one person that I started listening to about a year ago, and this person has, um, I've seen his YouTube channel increase significantly just in the year, and you would think that he would just continue to produce, you know, good quality content and focus on issues and just keep teaching the issues, but you know what he's done lately, He and he feels like he's called to do this. He has just been so critical of other people and he's been talking about them and he's been putting them down and, you know, saying a lot of negative things. And then when people respond by saying, hey, you're jealous, then he went off on a tangent about, no, I can't be jealous for this reason and that reason, but I see it as jealousy too. Um, I'm not a person that, you know, what I do is when I see things, it depends on the person and and where they are in my life. I don't know this person personally, but I do believe in praying for people because I realize how the enemy can move. But yeah, he is jealous. And it's because you got to be very careful that when we have success, we're really in our most vulnerable state. This young man 
has had a lot of success. And instead of continuing to create solutions and implementing solutions, he has criticized people. And some people have more followers than he does. They have more of an influence. And this is interesting because God, Jesus taught, one of the things he taught is about how God allows things to grow together, incongruous things to grow together. So he said, you know, let the wheat, I'll separate the wheat and the tares. They will grow together. God will separate them. I will separate um, the, the sheep and the goat. God is saying, I will separate these things. And so we have to make sure that we remain humble. Being humble is not being weak. It's not being passive. What it is, is being led by God. Because when you're not humble and you start sprouting out all these negative things about people and talking about people, what ends up happening is you have to get off track from your mission to go deal with mess. Because now you got to put out fires, you got to deal with attacks. You don't really have to, but you may feel compelled to. And you got to deal with a whole bunch of chaos and turmoil and negative energy your way when really, and you're going to have that anyway, but you increase it. See, anytime you do good, good is always going to be attacked. So no matter how good you are, no matter you know how wonderful you are, your your goodness is what it makes attacks come your way. And so, but you have to know when you really belong to God and you surrender to God and you're humble, he will take care of you. He will take care of your enemies. He will deal with people in a way that you never could. So don't ever think that if you if if people if you decide, you know what, I'm not gonna talk about people. It doesn't mean that you're you're weak or you're afraid. It does not mean that. It simply means you're humble and you're wise. You have to be wise like the serpents. You know, you got to be wise. You got to know when God is telling you to come out or when to stay where you are and just keep behind, stay behind that rock for now. Because a lot of people, what they do is they, they start talking about different people and talking about different things in the wrong way. And all they do is they bring more chaos and confusion. And all they had to do was be humble and stop talking about people. Stop criticizing people and dealing with the issues. That's when you will see, and I, I'm a witness, I'm going to tell you some examples of that. As I told you, as a classroom teacher, I started off about how this young man started criticizing these rappers. And I get where he was coming from. That's why I started following him, because I wanted to see what he had to say. The problem is that if you criticize people, the question that you have to ask yourself, am I changing anything? Am I changing them? Am I changing the circumstance? And you can say, well, I, I just criticized him. I just got it out there. It's out there now. But what have you changed? God, Jesus opened blinded eyes. Jesus was about the business of doing something that worked. So he opened blinded eyes. He healed the sick. He wasn't talking about opening them. He wasn't talking about um, healing people. He did it. You have to be, your whatever you do, it needs to end up being something effective. If you're not seeing change and you just running your mouth, yeah, people are going to follow. They may listen, but what have you done to change? 
And you know what's in changed situation? You know what's interesting? This um, particular relationship coach that um, that I saw, and I, I just I felt bad. And I'm you know I pray for people all the time because he was going off about people hating him and uh, try oh people waiting on him to fall, and he was going off about people um, being you know him being jealous, which I think he is jealous, and I and I do think that there are people out there who um, they are dark, you know, and that's unfortunate, but it's true. But at the same time, you can't sound off on people because they don't agree with you. You can't, God has everybody working together in their own way. Believe it or not, God is in control. It may not look like he's in control. It look like the devil winning. No, God is in control. What God wants to see what you're going to do is how you're going to respond to the issues that you see in the world. When you solve problems, then then that's how we know that God is on you. If you're just talking about problems, that's different. And so going off on people and calling them out and you don't even know them, and you may say, oh, but they're doing this and that. Listen, people are choosing to follow these people. And that's what I want to talk about. When I first, um, when I moved here from Florida, I ended up at an inner city school. And, you know, I've been there for a couple of years. I started to notice this pattern with my young men, mainly. And they were wanting to go into the music industry or rap music. And and also they want to be famous. I want to say, what is this about? So I started doing a deep dive, number one, in what they were listening to. And I would actually read the lyrics, print them out, analyze them. Um, I got into at some point we would analyze sometimes these rap lyrics as a teacher, I would teach them the truth. So I'm going to get into that a little later, but I would teach them about if you did this, what would really happen? If you followed these lyrics, then, you know, this is what would happen to you. There are no good consequences, blah, blah, blah. And then I did a deep dive into um, the music industry itself and just the entertainment industry. And I began to understand things. And so rather than, talk about the lyrics, I started to talk to the listeners. What I focused on was helping my students process what they were listening to and how it was affecting them. I didn't really talk about the people who produced the content. I really, after a certain point, I mean, we talked about the lyrics, but it was more about how it is affecting them. That's what we need to stay focused on. When you do that, you will effect change. And I'm talking about constructive change. I saw a difference. So let me go on to from this slide. But I just want to say this. People, you know, they're so afraid of looking afraid. They're so afraid of looking weak. Let people think you're weak or you're you're afraid all they want to. If as long as we are humble and we have surrendered to God, People can think anything they want to think because at the end of the day, our soul has uh, someone that it belongs to. Our soul belongs to God. And if all is well, if our soul is well, and it's not about what people think. When you get into focusing so much and taking the time to talk about what people are thinking about you, you're in a really dangerous place. And my heart aches for that. I saw that today this this um, life coach, a relationship coach, just going off about what people think. And I thought, oh my goodness, you have to let that go. If you're fully grown, you have to let it go because people are always, somebody is always going to think the wrong thing about you. 
that's just it's some of that's the enemy and some of that's just people being human they're going to think that and we don't need to spend time worrying about whether or not people think we're weak or we're afraid we need to stand in what we know through our relationship with God well let's move forward and we're going to we're going to tackle this issue and let's keep learning together All right, here is my first teaching slide. I believe that we should focus on the issue rather than the people. And I know some people might think, well, you cannot separate the two, but you really can. So going back to my experience as an educator, I um, I started trying to figure out, you know, why so many of my geniuses wanted to um, go into the entertainment business. There's not that there's anything wrong with it, but... Um, I just felt like there were so many more things they could do. So I started, you know, looking at the lyrics of their music. I started, you know, we started analyzing them. And I just started trying to understand the entertainment business in general. And what I learned is that you can't even be in that business for the most part. There are some exceptions to the rule. Unless you're going to produce something that is negative and toxic. So when it comes to this particular content, going at the beginning of the story, I talked about this young man who had criticized rappers. And so he did what a lot of people have done in the past. The the music is toxic, if you call it that, but the lyrics are toxic. They're filled with murder and uh, drugs and alcohol and illicit sex and perversion and hatred of women and crime and violence and hedonism. That's the issue that's in their music. But is it about the lyrics or is it about the listeners? So what I did as an educator is I started to teach my students how when you listen to poison or you listen to filth, how it impacts you. And I went so far as to break all that down. You know, these lyrics, we're analyzing them. We're talking about them. Now, we have not criticized a rapper yet. We have not talked about them We have not talked about a record company or people that produce this content or even spread this content. What we've talked about, we stayed focused on the issue. The issue is, do these lyrics impact you? And if so, what can you do about it? Because because I always taught my students, and they know this, whatever you put in you is going to come out of you. And I use demonstration after demonstration for this. And I taught them about being aware of not making sure you input filth in you because that's what's going to come out of your mouth that's what's going to come out of your behavior that's what's going to um, be in your thoughts and so I just dealt with the issue the issue is the issue is not people producing whatever content they produce the issue is do you have to listen to it do you do you have to buy it as a business owner, we the first thing you know as a business owner is that you can't sell something that nobody buys. The issue is not with rap music and rappers. The issue is people buying content that is filled with filth. That's the issue. So rather than deal with them, because they're going to keep producing it, because that's a part, that's the nature of the business. If we're smart... See, this is the thing. You have to try to understand issues before you can even deal with them. I wanted to understand that business because my students were being directly impacted by it. And I didn't understand. I mean, it, I when I was a teenager, the first rap song I think came out that was public was when I was a senior in high school. 
And I remembered it was clean, it was funny, it was fun, it wasn't anything about murder and and uh, sex and perversion and violence and crime and drugs. It wasn't about that. So I had to understand, okay, what is the issue here? You have to understand it. There is an intentional effort by somebody, and we call it in my house, we call them the network, a network of people. And it's an intentional effort to destroy black people, period. And I know that's hard for some people to believe. I was one of these people that I didn't believe in conspiracy theories and all this kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. There is no way that that is not true. Because if you can't even be in that industry now, unless you are producing and creating and publishing content that is filled with evil. You know, if you think about it, if you take any song that's out there right now and you listen to it or you print out the lyrics, it's going to have murder in it. It's going to have drugs and alcohol. It's going to have sex and perversion. It's going to have violence, especially hatred towards women. It's going to have profanity and crime and hedonism in every single thing you print out. Maybe there, maybe I will say, I'll, I'll say 10% of it's not like that. Maybe 10% of the content doesn't have that. That's intentional. When you have 90% of this stuff being produced and people are making money from it, they are making money from this trash, you got to realize that's intentional. That's the issue, is is understanding the issue. That's what it is. So now what are you going to do? You're going to talk about them. They're not. Now you know that what they're doing. They're trying to pollute young minds. Me being an educator... In, in the inner city, in a zip code where there are more people that go to federal prison from that, that zip code than any other zip code in Georgia, I had to make a decision. How was I going to be able to empower these brilliant young minds, these malleable and these very, very fragile minds? How was I going to help them? And I could sit there and talk about these rappers all day and all night. And guess what? It would not have solved anything. It would not have changed anything. I had to talk about the issue. And the issue is about mental and economical and physical destruction. And so when I began to deal with the issue and teach my students, this is why it's produced. You think about it. And you think about the business in general. Like, can you watch a movie and it doesn't have any alcohol in it or smoking in it or sex in it. Can you find a movie like that? You can't find a lot. Or violence in it. You just cannot find a lot. And that's intentional. And so we it, trying to stop them from creating it is not the issue. The issue is helping people to understand what people are trying to do to, to them and how to protect themselves. That's the issue. That's why many of my students start to see the light. I remember I was at one high school and um, I was, you know, I asked them, you know, because I taught French for most of my career and I was asking them to describe themselves or something. And one young man couldn't, but he could tell me everything about some um, athlete. I can't think of the one that he could tell me about, but he could tell me everything about this athlete. And we had a conversation that this athlete does not know he exists on this planet does not care if he exists. 
If he got sick, that athlete would not come to the hospital. If his mother lost her job, he would not pay the rent. And so it became about teaching my student how to prioritize who he focused on. It's not about that athlete or that rapper or this whatever. It's a, The issue is about how do you protect yourself from the filth that's being produced by, intentionally to try to destroy you and to destroy your future. When my students started to get that and I focus on the issue, they can you cannot they cannot tell you that I talked about a person. I remember there was one um, young man that came out and because of his name, the title of his name, I, the, the, I'm going to go ahead and say it was 21 Savage. Okay. And I don't, I've never listened to anything by 21 Savage. I, you know, like played the music. I know about the lyrics, but I remember my student, I was just thinking, okay, Savage, you know, and we kind of analyzed that word and we broke down that word because what happened was, I don't know who, who came up with the, the fashion, but people started wearing shirts and hats with Savage on it. And I just started teaching myself, do you know what a savage is? But then that particular rapper in particular, you know, like if they thought I was going to try to listen to somebody, say, oh, don't listen to him, blah, blah, blah. And I just told them the same thing I had learned earlier. If this guy produced anything that was good, he would be on the six slot news. They'd be, the IRS would be calling him. He'd be, you know, they're going to find something on him. And sure enough, later, it came out that the young man, I didn't even know this, had no, nothing, nothing about him, that he wasn't even a U.S. citizen. He had started to change his game a little bit. He started to get a little bit more positive. And if you do that, that's when something's going to happen. They'll find something on you if they can. And so they all, they say, wow, you know, so I, that's what you do. You deal with the issue. Criticizing people does not change them. And it does not change the people that are listening to you criticize people. Just, just remember that you got to stay focused. We all do it, but we got to catch ourselves. We got to say, you know what? Let me focus on the issue. Same thing with the relationship coach. You can talk about every that he can talk about all the people that he feels are fake relationship coaches. Guess what's happening? They still have millions and millions of followers. And by doing that, it's not going to stop people because people have chosen. They know who's out there. You know, every day we're given choice. That's one thing about God. He gives us free will. He, we either choose good or we choose evil. We choose to listen to this person message or we choose to listen to that person's message or no message at all. But God is a God of choice. In the end, he will reveal who is going where and why. Okay. So we got to stay focused on the issue and let's keep going. I want to keep going with this because I don't want to want to make sure we finish this because I could stay stuck on this slide. But that instead of that, my whole point is instead of focusing on criticism, focus on the issue. And I guarantee you, you will see constructive change. And this slide right here deals exactly with what I was talking about before with my young people. When I started this episode, the exigence for this episode was this young man who has criticized rappers for producing the content that they produced. And what I said was, as an educator in the inner city, um, I wanted to empower my young people to be critical thinkers. And I wanted them to understand 
why certain content is produced in the first place. And it is not by accident that most of this content is filled with messages about murder and violence and sex and perversion and the hatred of women, black women in particular, and drugs and alcohol and crime and hedonism. That's all intentional. But rather than talk about the people who produce the content and publish the content, what I did was I focused on helping my students understand why. There's a reason. If you listen to filth all day and every day, it is going to impact you. And so, and when I began to teach my students how the brain works, and we gave some examples, and you know, I remember one time, I, um, you know, they were listening to stuff, and you know, I printed out these lyrics, and then I said, if I call your mom something, you know, how would you feel? And you could just, you know, and they were honest, they kept it real. And I said, well, just to think about you hearing this all day, every day. And you, you, you know, you, and eventually you're going to call someone this. And we got into it. And let me tell you, I saw children, you know, that's why some of my former students now, they are educators, they're business owners, they're accountants, they're doctors, they're lawyers. There's so many wonderful things. You have to help people understand. You can attack the people that's producing and are doing it, but guess what? You're not going to change anything. And when it comes to, Rap in particular, since the beginning of or the inception of this thing called, I guess, gangster rap is what they call it. People have been trying to criticize the people for for years. And guess what? It, not only is it still here, they have produced more. So you have, especially with young people, and this is the challenge. You have a lot of older people who are into it too. You'd be amazed. You see, my business was in the hood. So I saw all kinds of things. You'd be amazed at the number of men in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who were still trying to be rappers. And that, and the reason why is because, it, and I and I told you, I did a deep dive trying to understand it so that I could help my students. They package this filth and make it something that is enticing. They sensualize it. They make it look good. But then when you start to break down, okay, if you really live this life of a gangster, you'd either be dead or you would be in prison, or you would be this or that. You know, so I started to teach my students, but they package this stuff. Then we deal with the issue of deception because things are not the way they really appear on the surface many times. This is just in general, but it's also true when you look at, for example, you know, the videos were added with the music. When I was growing up, we didn't have videos. We just had the music. And if there was a performance, it was on a show and you might've seen it, but then you got to understand when they create the video to go with the song, the images were intentional. You know, having women um, glorified as sexual objects, that was intentional. So what I had to do was help my students understand the issue. Whoever produced it, let me tell you, if you know God is going to deal with them or has already dealt with them, who's ever um, creating this and publishing this, God is dealing with them, but you're not, by talking about them, you're not changing anything. And, you know, and so I'm telling you when dealing with this issue as an educator, I saw change. I saw my students start to say, you know what? I don't want to be a part of that. And that's another thing, teaching them because how it's packaged is I show people 
that look like they're having a lot of fun. They look like they have a lot of money and they may have, they may be given some things, but they're giving that money so that they can denounce their immortality, their immorality and their immortality. Yeah, it's going to cause that too. But it's, it's money over in this business or in this, this um, network is what I call them. Um, it, everything is about money. And so if you don't have a lot of money, you think money is the end all be all, then you will basically do anything for money. And so we kind of address that too. What's more important, being rich and putting out filth or not even having a lot of money and being righteous and having character and in the end of your life and all these different things, help people understand the issue. And that's what I wish that this young brother had done. Or, and I, maybe he is doing that. I don't know much about him. I just started following him on Instagram and I haven't, you know, I don't dig that deep into it. But when we help people understand issues, we're more likely to have effective change because once they understand it and how they're really being used and manipulated and really abused to help people get rich who care nothing about them, then they're less likely to participate in their own demise. So that's that's just what I, I want to say. This is with any issue. Offer your hand, not your hatred. This is so hard to do because the reason why many people engage in criticism is because it's easy to do. It's harder to say, to reach out to people and say, hey, um, I've been listening to your content. I'm here to help you. You know, let's have a conversation. I'm willing to be your mentor. I'm willing to show you another way. Or if you ever want to do something else, I'm here for you. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. That's harder to do for people who are not humble, going back to that first slide, because really what a lot of people suffer from, whether they may not, they may not even know it, is the wrong kind of pride and arrogance. And they can be talking about God all day and all night, but they're just as arrogant with in all caps as arrogant can be. It takes more humility to say, hey, I offer my hand to you and not my hatred. Again, if people are doing wrong, they may know they're doing wrong, so it may be malicious. They may not even know. Their wrong may be out of ignorance. And when we're able to offer our hand instead of our criticism and our judgment, we're really able to affect change. And it's, it's also different because, again, it's so easy to criticize and put people down and say they're bad and say they're wrong. You know what God does? You know what's so interesting People do wrong, and God doesn't just take a bolt out of the sky and kill them and destroy them. That's interesting that he doesn't even do that. But you got people who want to be cult leaders. And again, anytime someone says something that they don't agree with or someone challenges what they're saying, they attack that person. And they'll tell you, they'll say, I block them, I do this, I do that. And I, and I, and again, my heart grieves because that's not God's way. And no matter how they twist it and, and twist the scriptures and twist their heads, that's not the way. You, if, if somebody says, you know, my students do this all the time because I encourage them to challenge me and ask me questions. When I respond to them, it's not to say, just shut up. 
That's not the response that I should give. That's not a love response. Let me further help you understand. You may not get it. They still may not get it. But let me further help you understand. The reason why people don't do that is because it's harder to do. It takes a lot more love. It takes a lot more patience to do that than to just dismiss people as being troublemakers and being haters and being this and that. And it's because, again, deep inside, they want to be a cult leader. They want everybody to follow them. They want everybody to follow their way. And they will tell you they don't listen to anybody. That's scary to me. They don't have a mentor. They don't listen to anybody. And they'll twist it and say, oh, I can't listen because I'll be confused. Do you know, and the same people that that say this, they talk about the Bible when in the Bible, all of the great prophets had prophets. All of them had somebody that they were to go to and receive correction for and encouragement from. And it's amazing to me, but they'll tell you, we don't, and that's the problem. That's what cult leaders do. No one can tell them anything. No one can disagree. No one can be different. God sees all. He sits high. And my great aunt used to say he looks low. And if a person is not doing right, what we need to do is offer them our help, a helping hand, and not hatred. We need to say, hey, I can help you. I'm here for you. If you ever want to talk about it, you know, this is what I believe. If anything, just keep presenting and producing the solutions. When you don't do that and you're just criticizing people all the time, nothing is changing. Just remember that. Thank you for listening and let's keep going. Here's another critical thing for being a cultivator and not a cult leader is being an example. And I'm not just talking about an example for whatever you're teaching. I'm talking about being a great human example, being a great example for humility, be show, be an example for patience, be an example for knowing how to handle when people disagree with you or when people critique you. Or, you know, and, and that's the part, or, or rebuke you. You have to know how to be an example of righteousness. And you can pick and choose scriptures where you could talk about righteous indignation and all of that. And, and that's fine. But guess what? You still have not invoked change. And that's the thing. Whatever you, whatever you come up with and whatever you're doing, if it's not helping people change, if you don't see people moving from wrong to right, when you don't see people changing, then you're not doing something that we need to do. And so we have to be an example. As an educator, that's one of the things I got to be so mindful of because I work with young people and I have to be honest, these young people are more fragile than any other group of young people I have ever worked with. And so I have to really work on making sure I'm an example of patience. I'm going to say that again, an example of patience, an example of um, listening, you know, even if there's, you know, they want to, you know, get out all their feelings and emotions and be an example of righteously responding to someone who is not doing the right thing. That's what you want to be an example of. That's how you effect change. 
that's how you get people to start to think about their own behavior. And again, it's harder to be a good example than to just criticize. We just talk about people. Just just go off on people. And let me just, I need to put a, I'm going to put a slide in here because people need to also just be silent. Sometimes when you see stuff going on before you respond, you just take some time to just really be silent and not say anything at all and get your directions from God. So that's another another critical way of being a cultivator, a righteous cultivator, rather than a cult leader, as some people are striving to be. This is so critical right here for being a cultivator, and that is creating solutions. You know, um, and, and just creating them, and then we're going to talk about it in the next slide, implementing them, and then letting it go. You know, um, some people just talk about the problem, talk about the problem, talk about the problem, talk about the problem. And guess what? When, you, when we talk about problems, we don't solve anything. You can talk about your problem, you can cry about the problem, but guess what? Nothing is going to change. When we focus on solutions, then that's when we'll see results. So going back to the situation when I was teaching, you know, I I still teach in the inner city, but I was teaching at a different school and I was deeply concerned about what my students were listening to and how it was impacting them because I saw firsthand how it was impacting them. And what I had to do was I really had to take some time to think about, okay, what are the solutions? Me talking about the music or just talking about the rappers and how bad they are, whatever they produce, that's not going to solve anything. I had to really dig deep and be creative to come up with some solutions. And that's what we have to do. When we see issues in the world, we got to create solutions. Going back to when I first got started with this episode, the young man you know, he was criticizing the music or the, the content and he named, he called out these people, but was that a solution? Like what, did, how did that solve anything? It didn't, <laughs> it didn't because it's not going to stop them from producing. And again, if you were in that industry and you were trying to make music that is positive, you wouldn't be winning the Grammys. You wouldn't be the one that's getting the attention from these companies. Now you may get it from the people and you may, you still may make an impact, but it's going to be different because there is an intentional effort to destroy black people, particularly black young minds and their lives. And so the solution would be to help them understand this and how it happens and why it's happening and how they can respond to it. And the bottom line for this particular country, you just, if you don't participate in anything economically, you'll get changes. When you don't buy their product, when you don't go to their whatever, whatever, that's when you, when something has to change and something has to give. So that's what I want to just emphasize. To be a righteous cultivator, you become a creator of good things not criticizing because it's not going to solve not one single thing. All righty. Implement the solution. I cannot emphasize this enough. Again, criticism is easy. Coming up with an action plan and really doing something is much more complex and much harder. And that's why people don't do it. That's why people who want to be cult leaders and they just want to be, you know, they want to criticize anybody. They out there look, you know, you would think a person that has almost a half a million 
followers on YouTube, you would think they could care. Well, I can't say they could care less about what somebody's saying, but they wouldn't even be over there. That They would keep doing what they're doing and focusing on their so-called positivity. But no, where is the solution? Because even as much as they talk about relationships, who's getting married? And then what percentage of people are really getting married? What percentage of people are not living, you know, doing these things that they say don't do is a very low percentage because really they're talking about it, but they're not implementing a plan. It's not an action that they're taking to affect real change. And when that happens, because of that, you're not going to see change. We can all get better. And I want to say this, we can at any moment in our lives, as long as God has given us life, say, you know what? I'm going to be an agent of change. I'm going to, I'm going to implement a solution plan, a plan that has solutions. Then that's what we have to do. And I challenge the men who, you know, this young man talking about the rappers, this relationship coach, come up with a solution plan and implement it. And I'm guarantee you, you will start to see real healing because when you come up with a solution and you implement it, you will see change as a classroom teacher in the inner city. This is my life's work. I saw the effects of this negative stuff and I could have talked about it all day and all night, but I had to come up with a plan and a solution, something that my students could physically do or I you know, can teach them how to do this in order to effect positive change. So that's a way to move from cult leader to cultivator. This is something that's so critical right now. Um, I have to, you know, staying respectful for some people. It's really been hard. You've got people out there and it gets really dirty and that's intentional. That's the enemy. You know, you got them calling names and putting down people in order for us to be cultivators and not cult leaders. We have to refrain from putting people down and name calling. We can be respectful. There's a way to disagree agreeably. And I think I have that on one of the slides. We can just disagree agreeably and we can remain respectful. And again, I say that when you, when you start talking about people, you're going to end up having to deal with mess and put out fires. And there's no way you can avoid that. I mean, you, well, you could, I guess you could just ignore the fire. Okay. You can let the fire burn, I guess. But if you just stay focused on the issue being an example, creating a solution, implementing the solution, and staying respectful, you can reduce all that. No matter what we do, there will always be people who are going to be critical. That's just a fact. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be talking about us in a negative way. That just comes with living. And it really comes with when you're trying to do good, evil is always going to be trying to work against that. That is the law of the spiritual realm. So when you know that, okay, you know it, you know who your source of power is, you stay plugged in. You stay plugged in to the source that matters, and that is the Most High God, and you keep focusing on uh, the right, the solutions, and doing the right thing and being respectful. And it gets ugly. So again, I was, you know, these two situations. I'm just looking and saying, okay, you know, how can I use this to share with people another way? And I say this, be respectful because I saw 
some, you know, I was just surprised, you know, person being very disrespectful. And I'm thinking, okay, on one hand, you're saying you're this righteous brother, but then you're being so disrespectful and you, and you're not a cult leader. If somebody doesn't agree with you, that's going to be between them and God. And who's to say that you're right. You may not be right. You may think you're right, but you may not be right. God sits high and he looks low. And Jesus said that God will always, he will be the one to separate the wheat from the tares, the goats from the sheep. We have to let God do his job. We have to be the agent. We have to do everything we can to be righteous. But we don't need to get into name calling and making fun of people and putting people down. Just keep that in mind always. This is a really tough one, heal your jealousy, because most people, if you accuse them of being jealous, the first thing they would say is, no, I'm not jealous, and they would be offended and they would go off. But really, that's what it looks like. Even if they're not jealous, that's what it looks like. So I talked about the fact that this um, relationship coach was kind of sounding off on people because supposedly some people were calling him jealous because he's been um, going around and criticizing people who he says are fake relationship coaches. So he's gotten, you know, stop focusing on his platform and keep producing his content to take the time to talk about people who he thinks, I guess, are wrong. And he's been accused of being jealous. And I say that he is jealous. And I know that he's never going to admit this. And I know he's never going to say, yeah, I'm jealous, y'all. And I'm sorry. I had to work on it. That's not what he's going to say. But even if you're not jealous and you look like you're jealous, what happens is people start to lose respect. You, a person can brag on how, you know, how much they've done and how far they've come and how many followers they have. But we know that a reversal of fortune can happen at any time, at any moment. And if people think you're jealous, even if you say you're not, and you start to cry like a baby, like a big baby, about, you know, old people talking about me and I'm this and that. It looks really, really bad. And so what happens is people start to lose respect. They may still listen to you. They may even still maintain their subscription, um, but they're not going to have the respect and that they should because you seem like you're jealous. You have to heal that. Sometimes, and see, in his case, I don't even know if it's just jealousy. It could be a point of greed, which is another spirit that we have to focus on. Like, I want everybody to follow me. Again, the reason why I made this subtitle, and I'm actually going to do a book with this. And the reason why um, I'm, I'm I'm talking about this, because it could also be, a little bit of greed too, where everybody, you know, you want people, you want to be number one and you're not number one. But again, who is, who do you, who is the issue? You know, you talk like I'm going back to the rap thing. Is it the listener or the lyrics? Is it the minister or is it the people that, that sit on the pews? A lot of times our focus is misdirected. And so you're talking about these um, so-called fake relationship coaches, but people are choosing, they are choosing to listen to these so-called, I don't know what they are, but some people say they're fake. I don't even know who they are. I don't know how you know they're fake or not because they are basically creating a platform that they believe 
And no matter what they do, if they're being manipulative or not, whatever they're doing, that's them. So, you know, if people are choosing to still follow them. What I would do, I would break down the same thing with the rap music. You break down what's true and what's false. If they're false and pe- some people know they're fake and don't care, they still want to follow them. They still want to listen to them. So that's between those people and God. And so really, we have to heal our jealousy. We may not be aware that we're jealous. Or we may be aware and we're trying to deny it. But that's an issue because if you don't heal it, and it's going to come out. People are not going to not see it. And then what will happen is, again, people lose respect. They start to lose respect. Then, um, again, you know, they people change. People are fickle. And I just want to encourage anybody out there to really dig deep and say, why am I so concerned? And why am I talking about, you know, these other content creators and I've got a half a million people on YouTube or I've got people, I'm on these other social media platforms. Why am I worried about them? You know, if they're fake, it will be revealed. It will come out. Um, and, and why not? Why do we always have to take everything public? And that's why I say we, people have to heal their jealousy. Um, and if you are not jealous, but people are accusing you of being jealous, then it's the it's the same. It's still the same. It's still worse. It's still bad. Excuse me. It's still bad because if they think you are, then they start to lose respect for you, and that's what a lot of people will start saying. Like, oh, you want to be, you know, you really want to be like these people, or you want to be those people because why are you over there talking about them? I, you know what? And I, my again, my heart grieves. I do pray for people. I know that it's possible. You could be a good person. And, and we all struggle with something. You can you could be walking with God and talking with God, and God could be in your life, and God could be using you, but we all still have struggles. We all fall short of the glory of God. And this is why it is so critical to sometimes just get away and consecrate yourself and dig deep inside and ask God, if somebody accuses me of being something, before I lash out at the people and tell them how crazy they are and tell them to shut up and use that kind of negative terminology, what I need to do is search myself. Because even if I'm not whatever they're accusing me of, if they think that, then they're seeing something that I'm projecting that's not positive. So rather than lash out, go within. This brother went out and did an episode where he lashed out and he tried to rationalize, well, tried to, I guess, try to justify, show people how he wasn't jealous. And to me, it just made it worse. And I get it. He's a human being. We're all human beings. And we all have flaws. And again, if you're projecting that, that's true. Somebody really did say that to him. Um, but if, it's, if, if you're jealous... And if you're not jealous, but people think you are, it's still just as bad. And so therefore, don't lash out, lash within, go within yourself and ask God to heal you and ask God to show you a way that you can be a righteous example so that people will know, okay, when I'm, when somebody criticizes me, I remember how so-and-so handled that. They handled that like a gentleman or a lady or a good person or a wise person. But lashing out, it just really, really looks bad. And um, and jealousy is real. Jealousy is a real spirit. And you have to heal it. You have to go, you know, deal with God to go through it. 
and it's there for whatever the reason, but heal it so that you can be a cultivator and not a cult leader. This seems so easy, and um, but it's not sometimes in just loving people and loving people unconditionally rather than criticizing them. Um, cult leaders, they are not about trying to cultivate people where they are. What they're about is trying to control people. And to control people, you, you they can't love them. When you love people, you love them where they are. And they are free to be who they are. But you you hope and you pray that they will be better. And with your light and your love in their lives, it can be the inspiration to make that happen. But most of the time, when we see people out here messing up or doing something wrong, we just want to condemn. And we don't want to love. And the way that you love people, sometimes it takes time to seek to understand the why. Whatever behavior they are um, exuding or doing, um, exhibiting, is for a reason. We are the sum total of what we know and what we have experienced. And when you seek to understand why people are doing or saying what they're doing, then you can still love them anyway. Even if you thought a person was doing something and they were trying to be manipulative or they were trying to be deceitful, you can still pray for that person. If you see that and that's what they're doing, pray for them so they're not deceitful. Pray that God will heal them from their deceit or their whatever, their immorality, whatever they're doing, because condemning them and criticizing them is not going to help them. It's not going to help you, and it's not going to help anybody in society. We have to realize that people are doing what they think they have to do. Sometimes people are terrified to try to stop doing something. Once they have got a certain, um, on a certain level by doing one thing, and it could be something bad, it's hard for them to try to turn that around because they know if they do, they're going to have loss. If you were, you know, let's say you're riding the streets and you were, you know, this street person and then, you know, if you tried to leave or get out of that, there are going to be consequences. So pray for them that they will get out and they will get out safely and they will know how to get out and God will protect them. That's what love is. If they're that, that relationship coach and you seeing people out there and you think they're fake, pray for them. Don't talk about them. Don't talk about them in public, but pray for them and love them and try to seek out why they're doing it. Okay, if you say they're doing it for money, they're doing it for this, they're doing it for that. You, We have the authority to talk to God and to um, ask God to, to show us how to help people if that is our our assignment it may not even be our assignment but if it is our assignment we need to know what to do so i just want to say that i know that you know being critical is so easy and loving people is a little bit more complex you know i as an educator i can tell you this i started teaching in the late 80s and here i am i'm still teaching i've been out of the classroom for a while and now i'm back in and behavior has changed you know, some of my students, they have no manners whatsoever. They, and, and they might have been taught, they might not have been taught. And so, for, you know, sometimes it got a little frustrating and I would try to teach them, you know, this is the right way 
to interact with people. You can get so much more if you do this. And then some of them still just don't do it because they just, you know, they just, they get, they kind of like being, um, what is the word? Disrespectful. They get something out of that. Or they just like, I'm not, Hey, I ain't got to speak to you, you know, whatever. And I, I, that kind of thing. So anyway, I learned that I have to love anyway. Do you know, not long ago, I was just giving my students a treat and in one of my classes, they wanted me to buy this certain kind of candy and it is a good candy, but I can't eat candy like that anymore, but they wanted me to buy this candy and this candy is not cheap. So I bought it, and then for a little treat for one of my the things that I was doing at school, I gave them this candy, and none of them said thank you. They got it, and they just didn't say thank you. And so later, though, that day in one of the classes, there was a young lady, and I was giving something, and she said, oh, thank you so much. And I said, thank you for saying thank you. And the other student who was there, who had earlier did not say thank you, she kind of looked... But I just said, you know what, I have to love them anyway. They can be very rude and they can be very disrespectful. And I said, well, God, you're trying to teach me. <laughs> you're trying to teach me because Jesus taught that we are to love our enemies. We are to pray for those who despitefully use us. We are, you see what I'm saying? He like, we are supposed to do the opposite of what our flesh wants to do. And that is why some people, they're, you know, all they can do is criticize and they don't know it, but they have a cult leader mentality. And you, we can't be effective agents of God when we're like that. We just have to love people and try to understand the why um, and why they're doing what they're doing. And, and that takes a lot of time and energy and then pray for them. And just continue to pray. And that's my next slide. Let's get to it. Pray for others. It's coming up. All right. I already started talking about this. But this is when you have really gotten to a place of spiritual maturity. And this is when you've learned how to pray for people. All people. The people that you think are right. The people that you think are wrong. If you think people are doing something wrong... You have the power to pray for them and to ask the Holy Spirit to be intercessors for these people, for them to turn their lives around. And I'm sure you probably have heard of the biblical story of a man in the New Testament named Saul. He was a persecutor of people who were um, talking about Jesus Christ. And those people were stoned and they were persecuted and um, anybody who said Jesus was the Messiah, they were attacked, and Saul was a part of that. But at some moment, I'm sure somebody had prayed, at some, at some point in Saul's life, he had a, a change. He had a, he had a touch by God, okay, where he was blinded, and he had this touch from the Holy Spirit, and he transformed his life, and he went from a persecutor of people who followed Christ to one who taught and glorified Christ. And that's how, you know, his life began one way, but it ended on the other side. And I have no doubt in my mind, there are things that are implicit in the Bible and in scripture that you know somebody prayed. And that's how you see change. If you think somebody out here is intentionally trying to deceive people, then pray for them. 
if you see people making money and that money may not be the way you think they are, I mean, it's just amazing to me that somebody's going to try to say, oh, they just making money off of, um, you know, these platforms. Yeah, they're making money. They got bills to pay and they're trying to make their money and they're not putting a gun to anybody's head. People are choosing to follow them and they know what they're doing. And so what you got to do is what we all have to do is we have to pray. If it's that critical to you um if i see somebody on social media and they're making money from youtube or wherever they're making it you know what i'm looking i'm thinking okay what how can i adapt this to me (laughs) and because i got bills to pay too how can i adapt it to fit my platform it may not i don't want to do what they do and i don't want to be immoral to make my money but i'm saying you know they're making their money really honestly because they're not putting a gun in anybody's head they're not putting a knife to anybody's throat they're putting out content and people want to hear it. People like it. They follow it. And that's why they're out there. And cult leaders get upset about that. Because cult leaders want everybody to follow them. They want everybody to do exactly what they do. And people may not. And so you got, again, to be a righteous cultivator. You have to pray for people. Not pray on people and try to tell them that they're wrong and they're this and that. You know, if somebody commented to me on my stuff and they didn't agree with it, which people do all the time, guess what? I don't need to attack those people. I don't need to say, go off about how wrong they are and they need to shut up. And You'd be amazed. And you just be amazed. And I'm, I'm, you know, and I know my little removing my unsubscribing is not going to do much, but everybody needs to really think about that. Do we want to follow people that are that unhinged? Because someone says something that they don't, that, you know, that doesn't agree with them or people are now calling them out. They've called others out. But then when people call them out, they want to get upset and they want to go off on a tangent. No, we must stay in prayer for ourselves and for others always. We're all flawed. We all can fall short. And it's critical that we stay connected to the Most High God because it's very easy it very it can happen very subtly and slowly we can get caught up and we can end up on the wrong side so don't forget that all right we got a couple of more slides to go and i want to say thank you again so much for listening tuning into bad thought therapy i pray that this episode is a blessing to you all right well we're almost at the last slide i just got to end with this if we want to be righteous cultivators instead of um, uh, cult leaders we have to surrender to God bottom line we have to let God be God we have to retire as trying to be in control of everything and anybody that's not our job God will deal with people when people are wrong what we have to do is stay focused on God we have to stay focused on the issues focused on the solutions Focus on ways to empower and to educate and to inspire. And if anybody's out there doing something else, God will deal with them. When you start criticizing other people and what they're doing and what they're not doing, then you're taking your focus really off of God. And I know people might say, well, no, I'm doing God's work. No, I got to do this. I got to do that. No, you don't. Because you already have, especially for someone like this this relationship coach, he already has so many people checking him out. So you got a platform. That's your shepherd. 
minister to your shepherd, we're giving a, 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 a flock. You know, minister to your sheep. I'm sorry, I said minister to your shepherd. Ministers to your sheep. We're given a flock. My flock is small. I'm going to minister to them. I don't have to be worried about somebody else over there, the wolves over there, because they will be God. If they come over here, okay, that's when we deal with them. But to just be out here criticizing people and calling people names and because you want to engage in this kind of drama and I feel bad because then again people lose respect for you people start to wonder are you really who you are you an imposter because and you you know we talk about being grown when really that sounds like someone who's a crybaby you know I when I hear a grown man crying basically because it's a form of sort of crying my heart grieves and we don't have to do that we just need to surrender to God let God guide us. Let him tell us what to say and how to say it. He may tell us to talk about people, but he knows the situation, the time that we're in, and we can talk about people in a way that is is through the lens of love and not through condemnation. We can convict people sometimes by what we say, but it's all about how we say it. It's all about our timing. It's all about situations. And do not be deceived because sometimes we think we're so righteous and we're wrong. There are people, you know, and I see it. I'm like, brother, you're wrong. You are just, you know, and, and, and again, I get it because I have been on all sides of this fence. So I know what is happening and I know that people know this as well and we just got to be honest but when we surrender to God the one thing about it is that he'll show us that we're wrong he'll show us that we're not um navigating through the situation in the right way and so that is my prayer and love I say that I encourage it surrender to God that is the way we move from this cult leader like mentality to a true cultivator People are at different levels at different times. Um, again, some people will be go from Saul's to Paul's. Some people may not be. They will die as tyrants and die as deceivers, and they will have to deal with that. But you help, you keep teaching. See, when you teach people how to understand an issue, then no matter what side they're on, they will start to see the way that when you're praying and you're doing it that way and the Holy Spirit is moving, you're going to see effective change. Everything we do has a purpose. If we're doing something and it's not making anything better, the question is, should we be doing it? Going back to that reflection question, is it effective to just criticize people and, and does it change anything? And I say the answer is no. Surrender to God and let him move. And you will see constructive change. I would like to end with this scripture from the book of James, chapter 4, verse 11. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. The bottom line is this. We don't have to talk about people. We can talk about the issues. We can talk about the problems. 
and how to solve them. Talking about people is not going to change anything. It's not going to help anybody. And that's what I want to end with. If you want to make, you have to make a decision. We all have to, you know, make this decision. It's tough. Do we want to be a cult leader? Do we want everybody to try to follow us and believe what we believe and say, what you know, and eat, drink our food and drink our drink? Or do we want to just meet people where they are? People are going to share their disagreeing with us. They're going to share that with us. They're going to tell us about it. And do we need to attack them? Do we need to even block them? Do You know, how do we need to respond? And we need to respond with love and light. Well, peace and abundant blessings to you. Wow, thank you for hanging in there with me. I appreciate you so much. I, I'm grateful that you have tuned into Bad Thought Therapy. I pray that this episode has blessed you. I would love some feedback, even if it is so-called negative. I need to grow. I need to learn. Share your thoughts with me. You can put something in the comment section. You can also email me at badthoughttherapy at gmail.com. Well, I am Sheree Hardy, and I hope that you are well. Take care.